rest and recovery for a warrior is to go to work. Man, that is powerful. Making humans better. That's right, it is making humans better. I am the Rick Diamond, accompanied by Evan Derv. As always, what's going on today, Evan? Well, today in the world, uh, I'm trying to finish this bowl full of dead roaches. Dead roaches? Yeah, uh, but not really. That's a euphemism, euphemism for dead roaches. Ah, okay. Wait. <laughs> you, you totally threw me off. but I'm, uh, I'm thrown off, too. Today, we've got a topic to talk about that I really like. And uh, I think it's because I'm, I'm one of the best people to talk about it. Yeah. And that's, do you have to be fit to start working out? In my case, obviously, I wasn't, right? I was about as unfit as you could get. Anyone who's been in uh, George T. Madison Hall, GTM at Tech, uh, Louisiana Tech University, you know that the steps can be pretty bad if you got to walk them up and down, up and down. I, I couldn't even make it to the third floor without breaking an intense sweat. I'm not talking one drop, right? I would have to stop and almost drink a whole bottle of water by the time I got to the top, right? And that's not normal for a 20-year-old, 19-year-old at the time. So yeah. Uh, and then I jumped straight into CrossFit. So my answer is an emphatic no. To me, it's the equivalent of going, uh, you know, I need to have a snack before I eat dinner because I'm so hungry. You know, where I like, I'm running low on oxygen in this oxygen tank, so let me take a couple deep breaths before I put it on. It doesn't seem like it makes sense to me, but this isn't really about I need to be fit to start working out, is it? I think it's What's more it about. I think it's more about the reasons people will use what see to talk themselves out of doing something that they know they should do, mm-hmm. but it it really is it's to stay comfortable. So we'll say, you know, I need to be fit to start working out. None of those times work for me. Which none of those questions are, or those answers are truthful. Not that people are dishonest, but we will lie about doing. If you don't want to go out with a group of people, you'll say, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, let me let me get back to you. Yeah, I'm interested." If you want to do it, you just say, "Yeah." Let your yes be yes, yes. Let your no be no. Or you offer up a solution. Right? Yeah. If you really can't do something, you would offer up the solution, like, "Oh, I I can't make that class time." Uh, is there anything else I can do to better myself, right? And usually when, when someone comes up with that objection, like you said, it's a really, I don't want to, not I don't want to, how, or not I can't, how can I, uh, how can I do this, right? Yeah. Um, that, I've heard that we've, we've had a gym, I've been training people for years, and we've had the gym in Ruston for, for, it'll be five years in a few days, and then the one in Bozier for two. I, I do hear that objection from a lot of folks you know yeah I'm gonna start let me get fit first but what we do a good a good coach a good trainer a good gym we focus on the average human being who's not working out now there's a lot of folks in here who are exceptional 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 gee why was that so difficult human beings in terms of their fitness and uh, they defy age and demographic statistics for male female young old but they didn't come in that way. You know, what, what the thing I love the most about a good fitness program, and, and we call it CrossFit, but I think it transcends even that. It's, it finds where the, the user is weak and aggressively highlights those weaknesses, and then it's up to the user and the coach to continue to pursue those. And then the, you'll never be fit. You're always working towards it. 
Now, you got in shape before there was CrossFit, right? I didn't, obviously, just jump straight into CrossFit. But do you think if you were still 200 pounds, 250 pounds, whatever, when you found CrossFit, if you would have just jumped straight in there? Uh, or would you still have started running like you did? I've never been 250 pounds, but... Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. Overweight. What? Uh, no, I, I think I would... Understanding... With my understanding now, uh, you don't have... People say, oh, I'll do... I don't have time. You don't have time. You make time. I would make the time now to take care of this. What? One of my favorite aspects of what we do at CrossFit Rustin, and any great gym and great coach understands this, I meet folks that go... I don't have time to work out. And then I meet other people who will spend two hours at a traditional gym doing a body part split Monday through Friday, and then I'll do cardio or leg day and they're gainfully working out, but two or three hours for a session. And then you look at their objective workload. It's self-driven. There's nobody over their shoulder and they take a lot of time. So some of that aspect is aimed at fitness and looking well, but a lot of it is like, that's a social time. I personally do not have even two linear hours a day to do anything, but you know, being a meeting or, or working. I would rather have time given back to me to, instead of, if I'm gonna spend two hours at the gym, I have to learn, am I doing a good program? Yes, no. Second thing I have to know is, do I, am I doing these movements correctly? And then the third thing, third thing is, how do I sequence these movements together? It's, we call it programming in the exercise, in the coaching world. Am I doing the correct programming that's gonna advance my fitness? So some folks just do the same thing for years and they go, I hit a plateau, let me stop working out. And then they were never, advancing their positions, their understanding was limited. So actually seeking out a coach, it's the smart thing to do. It's like if I got diagnosed with cancer and go, yeah, you know what? Let me clear this up first and then I'll go to the doctor. You know, go to the doctor. I'm not saying we are doctors, but it is a, it's a it's an analogy. You know, we're professionals who are trained in this and we have years of experience and we notice little details you might not about how you move and how you should move. And we don't expect you to be moving like a, a ninja commando jaguar. We want you to move the best for you. Let me phrase my question differently because sure. I think I did a bad job of asking you that uh, and you might not have understood what I was asking. Let's go back to when you first started. We talked about you running, running, running last time. The first day you decided, hey, I'm just going to run as far as I can, right? That day, go back to that. If there was a CrossFit gym by your house, would you have been nervous to start CrossFit of course. instead of just running? Yeah, of course. Um but it doesn't have anything to do with CrossFit. Uh, the first time somebody eats sushi, if they've lived in an, uh, a flyover state that's water that's landlocked, and then they go, I'm going to have, what's this, octopus? Oh, I'm not eating octopus. Or if you've ever been to like South America or some countries in Southeast Asia where it's, you're going to eat a bug, we have such a powerful aversion to that. And then you'll see these people, some of the, the natives or people that have done, they, they're eating these things. They're not gagging. They don't, like, oh my God, it's so gross. I can't. And the texture of cooked spinach yeah. <laughs> they're just eating it it's a mental perception of discomfort so with my understanding now at the time you know at, at 12 years old when I started trying to lose weight because I was very overweight I probably wouldn't have I wasn't on that progression but now understanding how human nature and my, my body and my brain using fear as my compass yeah I, I would jump at it like oh crap these look how fit those dudes look mm -hmm. I want to be like them yeah. I wouldn't be intimidated by it. I'm like, if they, my whole life, my, my entire life has been, if, some, if this person can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Well, my mindset was, I didn't exactly know 
how intense CrossFit was, and I hadn't heard stuff like some people say, hey, I heard my joints are going to be growing forever if I do CrossFit. I hadn't heard that until I started doing CrossFit, right? Yeah. It's amazing uh, how people that aren't working out will tell you exactly how... Yeah. People that aren't working out and they're very unhealthy and overweight will tell you exactly how unhealthy getting fit is. It's right. <laughs> so, who are trying to convince here? <laughs> if I had heard that before I started, I don't know where my head would have been at. Mm. But really, I came in with the mindset of, well... The worst thing that could happen doing this is me dying, right? Which is very unlikely from doing CrossFit. And if I don't do it and and I continue on the path I'm on, I'm going to die anyway early. So why not do it? Very logical. Uh, I mean, that's kind of dark, right? But it is true. I think it's dark. I mean, it's dark because we ascribe that meaning, but the thought process you just laid out, dude, it's very logical. It was very practical. You're like, if I'm going to die or I'm going to die, at least I'd rather die not fat. And die trying, right? Because you're trying to right. get better. And I think there's an honor in that, where it's like, you know, full speed ahead, damn the torpedoes. But that's, I think that's where it flips. When we're purely logical and we can detach from our state and go, okay, this is what I have to do, you, there's nothing that's going to stop you. But if we get so emotional, we go, ugh, I watched a documentary by a fat doctor that said that you shouldn't do this this exercise program because it's bad for your joints. And my mom, my mom's never worked out. She does like Jane, she did Jane Fonda stuff in the like 80s and 90s. She had a knee replacement last year. And she's not overweight. And she'd never done squats in her life. So when somebody goes, squats are bad for your knees, uh, okay, if you do anything incorrectly, it's bad for you. But my mom never did squats. She had a knee replacement. And she was a teacher and a very, she's very thin lady not overweight at all but then you look at somebody like Ed Cohn a former powerlifting world champion and I watched a video of the guy at 64 years old squat over 600 pounds for a triple after a double hip replacement and he doesn't have knee problems so what's different he's almost the same age as my mom a few years younger but not that much younger he'd been squatting his whole life yeah I mean I don't know man it's uh when did he start doing it? Uh, he's a champion in the 70s, so... 70s, so, I mean, it's Longer it's than I've been alive. Yeah. I, I'd love to see where, you know, older people who start CrossFit when they're 60 or 70, how well they progress, right? Because they've been living uh, a, an unfit life yeah. for 60 years. I want to see how quick that can turn around, and I'm sure we'll, we'll start seeing that soon. Oh, we already have some case studies. Uh, right now, there's a guy... Jacinto Bonilla, he is a three-time CrossFit competitor, placing 8th, 17th, and 19th worldwide. Um, that's not the coolest part. The dude is 76 years old. Um, and he is a badass. He started CrossFit seven years ago. So he has been doing... He started CrossFit at, at uh, 68 years old. And I know people who are in their 30s and they'll come to me and they go uh, I'm too old for that and I look at them like how old are you and they'll say I'm, I'm 35 and then I can ask them do you know you're younger than me and I do this so and if you watch the guy move we're watching a video of him right now and uh, I'll, we'll post this in the notes if we can this guy is awesome and he talks about he tries to go after these young cats and, and beat them they think he's somebody's grandpa he's 76 years old but Dude, you look at the guy, he's, yeah, you can tell he's always got 
gray hair, but it is re it is uh, reversing the aging process on him. And he's just one of many. The CrossFit Games has a Masters division, and there's an over 60 category. And some of these folks, they're grandparents, and they are sick athletes. I think that's so cool. And so I, I think this speaks to a bigger issue. It's when we use our age or our time or our kids or money as an excuse to do what we know we need to do, we're, we're short-circuiting our full potential. Absolutely. Now, this guy, it's amazing how CrossFit works because he doesn't look 76 to me. And I, I saw you try to say he looks 76. You looked at him and you're like, well, maybe he doesn't look 76. And you kind of backed off of that. I mean, we're watching a video of him um, power snatching uh, a plate on each side and then legless, right. doing legless rope climbs. There's people, I know people in their 20s that cannot do legless rope climbs. And not just, you know, body-wise, you know, muscular, his build doesn't just look 76. His skin looks yep. younger than 76. No liver spots. Looks like it's tight. And uh, you'll see people in their late 50s, early 60s that have that paper, that onion paper skin where they, uh, it, it's just, they'll, they'll bump into a, my mom bumps into coffee tables and like sh her skin will open up and it's like, mom, come on. I need yeah. to do something. Go do an, join an MMA gym and start punching the bag for two hours yeah. a day. Not really, but. I think I said his skin looks 76. I meant to say his skin does not look 76. No, man. He looks very young, uh, and I'm sure he's not moisturizing every day. So, I mean, I, I, maybe he does. Who cares, right? But uh, I, I think that's just from doing CrossFit, and we see a prime example right here of how well CrossFit can affect you, not just in building muscle, but in other areas of your life, too. I agree, man. And, uh, and I'll, from personal experience... I've done almost every single kind of fitness discipline out there. CrossFit's been the only one that holds my attention and continues to offer marginal improvement. You know, almost almost 14, 15 years in. And uh, I, I, there's nothing else I've experienced like that. So the, the, uh, the 10 general physical skills that we train in this discipline, they are... I, I always I'm personally advancing and I see it constantly with my other members and folks where they're, they're personally advancing. So... Man, it, it actually it drives drives me crazy. It hurts me in a way, but for someone else, where like I just want to ask them. We we know some police officers that are overweight, and they'll go. I'll say, what's your most important aspect of your job? And they say, I want to come home safe to my family. And then my head immediately I go, if you weigh you weigh what you weigh, and you can barely get your gun belt on, you can't rock, you can't run a hundred yards without getting out of breath or having a heart attack. That's that's bullshit. You don't. You're saying that because it sounds good. If you really meant that in your heart and your being and you understood what those words mean, you would do everything you could to make that mission a reality. I want to get home safe to my wife and kids. Good. You're going to look like a freaking monster. Then I know guys that are cops that are also on the other end of that spectrum. And dude, they're bad dudes. But the respect they get when they go to some bad neighborhoods or they get in an adverse situation, it's awesome. They don't have the same problems that a guy who's not physically fit will have. And there are studies that show the physically fit and capable police officers that are physically fit, mentally tough, fit to fight, they pull their weapon less often because they know intuitively they can handle themselves better. They don't need it. Yeah. They're like, I'm the weapon. This gun's just here. This gun's here for your safety. Yeah. And uh, look, I mean, if you are a fat cop, Say I think oh, there's another issue with that. What? Uh, you obviously don't want to be the best you can be because... Uh, if you're know. a cop, that's a physical job. 
Well, yeah. you cannot do your job at 100% if you are 300 pounds in a police office. But, yeah, I don't know if it's ne- if it's correct necessarily to judge them that they don't want it. I, I think it is on, on a level they don't want it, but I, I do think the gap is understanding. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's, it's like one of those things where people will say, uh, you know, I support healthcare for everybody, and then it goes, okay, well, your taxes are going to go up 20%. They said, oh, I, I, uh, let's just tax that other group of people over there. It's not me. Right. And that's, everybody wants to do the right thing until the right thing Venn diagram intersects with their comfort. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's the self-awareness thing and uh, what we kind of talked about in our last episode. We want to embrace discomfort. If we're truly looking to be the best individual we can, it doesn't matter if we haven't been working out in 20 years or never worked out at all. Just get after it. Lean into it. Get after it. Join the gym. If it's not CrossFit, do something. Start running. Start walking. Now, people, I've met folks that go, I work out seven days a week, and they're, they're just walking. After a few weeks, walking becomes, it's a mode of transportation. It ceases to be exercise. So you're never going to get as physically fit as you can just walking. And I would, I would honestly challenge the American Heart Association's guidelines for three times a week for 30 minutes a session of walking even if you're 70. I, we train people that are in their 80s and uh, they're in better shape than uh, other 80-year-olds walking. So you you adapt to your environment. Well, will someone hurt themselves doing CrossFit if they come in and, uh, and right away and jump straight into it, not easing themselves into it, like they heard their friend tried it or someone they heard about hearing it from and they heard from that guy he, he hurt his knee yeah. doing CrossFit is it safe uh, well let me ask uh, let me ask you this is being 50 pounds overweight safe and slipping on wet grass coming out of church no and having a non-compression ligament fracture of the knee no now is uh is having to take statins at 45 nope is having to take Viagra at 45 Definitely not. I mean, you're laughing, but like, there's somebody who's going to hear this podcast and is going to go, "Yeah, uh, it's it's not a comfortable subject to bring up, but that's the reality of it." Uh, if we want good cardiovascular health, we shouldn't have to take a, the natural state of the human body is disease and injury free. Why do we act like, well, I'm on one met blood pressure medication and then I'm on statins and then I'm on a beta blocker here and then I take this for anxiety and I take this for my boner or, uh, you know what I mean? You know, it's yeah. like, why, dude, why? I mean, here's the thing, though. I didn't think about it till you just said slip and fall and, you know, bust your knee or whatever. But uh, CrossFit's not going to keep you from slipping and falling, right? But let's say I went out and slipped in the parking lot today as we're leaving here. Yeah. I would do a burpee and get back up, right? Right, exactly. Um, the other thing I like about, too, with CrossFit, there's so many different modalities of training we incorporate. We'll do uh, body weight loads. Uh, external loads, we proper range of motion. So what this does is as we progressively condition the muscle and the cardiovascular system, the soft tissue, you know, tendon and ligament connective system, those become more robust as well. So if I do, you know, go to try to play pickup football after a family Thanksgiving dinner and I, you know, take a sprint, I'm not going to tear a calf or a hamstring as opposed to like my drunk uncle who might because he's never, the only time the dude runs is if, uh, I don't know, maybe he's got to change the channel or get get the last piece of slice of pie. <laughs> you know, so our, we are adapt. CrossFit is good training because it adapts you to that environment and it and adapts you to that progressive stress. Yeah, and it is possible to train too hard. 
Totally. Now, uh, that's something you probably won't have an issue with uh, when you're coming into CrossFit, but you might have an issue with once you're here for a year or two and uh, you overtrain. Maybe. Usually the overtraining I found is uh, younger folks, usually younger males, but it happens with females too. We have some very competitive female athletes, and I am comfortable telling them to stop, but... I, the majority of the issue for most people, and I've seen it here with both gyms doing CrossFit, owning two CrossFit gyms and then doing it outside of that. And people say this. They'll, they'll look at certain workouts and they'll do them and they, they're scaling everything. They're not doing the prescribed weight and they're, they're at the bottom of the leaderboard and they'll go, eh, that workout wasn't hard enough. I need harder workouts. This, this gym sucks. Yeah. And then my it, it's something that used to get me angry, but now I go, oh, okay, here's a teaching moment. If you're not at the top of the leaderboard, you don't need harder training. You need to train harder. It's not, you're not a victim. Like the, the uh, workout is neither hard nor easy. The workout is the workout. It's, it's like you determine, are you exhausted and gasping for air at the end of it? Are you legitimately pushing your pace to hundred percent of what you, you personally are capable of doing safely? And if the answer to that is, is no, then you don't need a harder workout session. You need to go harder in your workouts. And that's not on the gym. That's on you. Yeah, and overtraining is something I never had to worry about before, but it's starting to kind of creep into my mind now. Hey, am I going too hard this week, right? Uh, like today, uh, I noticed that uh, after the box jumps last week, you know, my left calf was bothering me, right? Yeah. And uh, today after the workout, I noticed it bothering me. But Adriana and uh, Aaron, Hannah asked me to go for a run, a one-mile run with a weight vest. Why not, right? I did it anyway. And not the best decision to do that, probably. But hey, why not, right? Yeah, and that's where you. The, our number one rule in the gym is technique, then intensity. Kill your ego. You know, it's kill your ego, technique, then intensity. Yeah. And so through that, people's ego says, "This person's challenging me. I want to look good. I want to signal additional status. So I'm going to do something I know I'm not supposed to do." It's like you know, if you. You're counting your macros, and you're, you're like, I, I have a budget for two Oreos, and then you go, I'm gonna have a third Oreo. No one knows, you know, your fat cells know, and Jesus Christ Himself knows. You can't hide from that crap. But we'll pretend, and that's I know when people are lying. I go, How's your diet going? And they go, Uh, pretty good. Oh, so that that means it's pretty, <laughs> what pretty good. What what does that explain? And they start. Well, um, you know, it's been a rough week, and uh, yeah, you don't know what it's like to have kids. I got kids. Well, I had a lot of work. I work probably more hours than you. And it's not that I am better. I've just made a decision that my health is more important to me than having another cookie. And that's, we could have an economics talk on time preference at some yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, uh, tracking macros, and that's not what we're here to talk about today, so I'll make this point quick. Tracking macros is one of the easiest things you can do yep. because you don't have to worry about, hey, I'm craving Wendy's today, but oh, I don't like the Baconator. I think I'm going to get a Big Mac instead. Oh, do I go large? Do I go medium? You can eat the same thing every day because once you hit your numbers once, the same amount of food is going to hit your numbers the next day and the next day and the next day. Right. So if you're that busy, macros is the best thing for you because you can eat the same thing all the time. And uh, let's... I want to talk one thing about being busy. Uh, I've fallen in this trap for years. The whole concept of I'm, I'm too busy to do blank. Uh, people I've hired for mentoring and some of the other businessmen and women that I've worked with and, and mentored under, they get more done than you would believe in a day. 
and they have every single second of the day, their day planned out. They control time. They don't let time control them. Without asterisk, every single person I've, I've met that says they're too busy to do blank, they're not scheduling their time. They just willy-nilly do whatever whimsy strikes them. And if it wasn't for them having to be at work for a certain interval, and most of those people show up late and show up late and then leave early, and it's not that they're dishonest, it's just not on their radar. Without an asterisk, those people are not, the busyness is laziness of scheduling. It's a laziness of being in control of your time. And so when people say, oh, you know, I'm sorry I'm late to class, traffic was bad. You One, you live in Ruston. Two, uh, traffic is usually always bad at that same time. If you left two minutes earlier, you wouldn't have been late. You chose to leave two minutes later, and then now all of a sudden it's not your fault, but you did make that decision. And I'm glad we're previewing the Macros talk now because we've got a full episode on it next week. So tune in for that. Track rows, your macros coming at you. All kinds of different macros you can do. We'll get into that next week. But now let's talk about starting on Monday. Hey, I'm going to start my diet here. I'm going to start my diet there. But just not today, Evan. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, because we don't want to start it at all. We can always say yesterday and move it one day back. So, yeah, I use the example, and we'll use this when I'm, I'm asking somebody if they want to do something, and they go, let me think about it. And here, it's easy. You, here's how you know somebody is slow walking you or they're stalling. You go, okay, think of an elephant. So, Rick, think of an elephant. Yeah, got it. Uh, think of a plane. Got it. Think of a dog. Got it. Think of being sick. Got it. Think of being hungry. Got it. Think of eating pizza. Got it. See how quick that is? You yeah. Know, you think about it. You're telling me, uh, I'm going to say no, but I'm not going to tell you that yet. I'm going to tell you no. Uh, a couple, an, an indisclosed time interval later. I think it's a sign of how much I'm up here, by the way, because I thought about Trojan and not my dog. But go on. Well, he's also on camera. <laughs> yeah. But that's that. I'm starting on Monday, and I'll even tell people this when they say I'm too old to do this, or uh, I got this thing this weekend, and I even I get excited. They go, I have a, I'm going to a wedding Saturday. Okay, so um, is there going to be a North Korean prison guard there with a gun to your head saying, if if you don't drink. 13 mimosas and then eat three pieces of wedding cake I'm gonna pull this trigger oh don't please no let me have uh, 11 12 mimosas 13 okay and then please three pieces of wedding cake and one piece of groom's cake I love my family you you're going oh my god I love mimosas I love wedding cake and then Monday comes around what's gonna happen you're still gonna be feeling bad and then somebody in the office is gonna say I brought donuts and you're gonna say oh donuts daylight I love daylight donuts and then you're gonna eat donuts yeah I, I don't How do I say this without being mean? I don't empathize or sympathize with that. I work, like when my, my, my in-laws come in, I remember talking to my mother-in-law, she, got, she had cookies and they were she was feeding them to my kids for breakfast. And we kind of got in a little argument. She's like, they're kids, they can have cookies. And I, I'd asked her, I'm like, why would you want to feed my kids cookies for breakfast? She's like, because they're kids. Why would you want to give my babies that poison? It's not, we, we, like, you can't just feed children a bunch of cookies. And then when she left for two weeks, they, have, they asked for cookies for breakfast every day. Mm-hmm. Getting them to eat a balanced diet and balanced meals was a, actually a pain in the butt. And then every time she does it, she'll, like, go behind my back and do it. She's not a bad person. It's just kind of like, come on, don't give my kids cookies. If you want to eat them, that's fine. But my children don't, they don't, they don't want to eat cookies, but they will if you give it to them because they're kids. So what about people who are worried about them being watched? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the whole, I'm worried about people watching me work out. Does anybody watch you work out? Uh, like stare? No, not unless they're competing with me, but that's in a good way, right? Yeah, I don't, what the, what I tell folks here is no one 
we're so focused on what we're doing in that interval and the coach is worried about making sure the entire class is moving correctly that we don't have time I don't have time to go look at this lady over there this this overweight 50 year old lady who's never done this movement before <laughs> look at her yeah. no one, I don't think people are like that no and if they are I would kick them out in a heartbeat from this gym yeah and it, it's actually the opposite like I said if you're competing with somebody in a workout you are kind of watching them side of your eye right and you're uh, what, what is it called peripheral vision yes you're looking at them you're not you're still not focusing on them 100% you're focusing on yourself but me and Chris Frick we compete a lot Right in our wads, and we say who's going to beat who, and because we're close to the same level, right? And uh, and we, we kind of watch each other, but it's not a bad thing. It's a hey, I'm going to beat you today thing. Chris, did you hear what he just said? Yeah, I admitted it on uh, on our podcast here, but he he'll admit it too. Uh, oh, okay, so this will never go away. We'll uh, revisit this. <laughs> yeah, we'll revisit it. That's right. We'll have him on as a guest one day. Are you trying to bring some uh, wrestling trash talking in Compare here? Compare sugar wad times. Bring it on, Chris. Oh, man. Yeah. There's the competitive aspect. Well, here's another part about that. When people say, I'm not competitive, those are the people I actually watch the closest. Every single person is competitive. You wear your hair a certain way. You wear a certain kind of shoes. You, get, you listen to certain music. You drive a certain car. You... Uh, project a certain level of education or income, you go to a certain church, you speak a certain way, you live in a certain type of house, you hang out with certain people because those aspects of your existence differentiate you from others. So everyone is competitive, but not everybody is willing to admit it yet. So no one's watching you work out. And if they are, they're not, look at this, gross, look at this person (laughs) over there. I, we wouldn't, I would not allow somebody like that in this community. No, absolutely not. And I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people feel that way when they're coming into CrossFit and they're not in shape. Or maybe even if they are, they feel like, oh, I don't know. Do you think people really feel that way? Because now I'm thinking out loud. I wonder, I'm sure some people actually are worried about that, but no one one has ever made fun of anybody else here. But, like, when I see the people actually fire me up if I'm driving to work or I'm running somewhere and I see an overweight person running I don't go oh look at this fat ass running I go damn that's that person's pretty badass they are getting up and they're doing something that belies their physics and their composition and they're getting after it and they're doing it with joy in their heart Mm -hmm. even if there is some suffering involved I love that that fires me up because to me that is like the indomitable human will. It's like, no matter how big I am, no matter how slow I am, I will not stop until I reach my destination. And that fires me up. And that's why I keep doing this. And that's how I try to make myself. And man, when I see an overweight person exercising and they're legitimately doing it, I'm clapping my ass off because I think it's sick. They're doing it. They're like, you know what? I will not move. So here's the verdict on my side for today. You definitely don't have to be in shape before you start CrossFit. In fact, I think it's going to be more beneficial to you if you start CrossFit without ever exercising before. 100. And I'm going to take that uh, and uh, back it up with some wrestling stuff, okay? The WWE, the biggest wrestling company in the world, they like to groom their own talent instead of taking talent from the minor leagues of wrestling because people who think they are legends of the minor leagues and have been there for years have already learned how they want to do things. They've already learned how other people have shown them how to do things, whereas if you take a guy off the street, you can teach him to wrestle the WWE way. 
without him trying to say, oh no, I heard you do it this way. I, I heard you do it that way. This way is better. I'm going to do it my way. Just like with CrossFit, they come in here, hey, Gold's Gym told me to do it this way. Yeah. Well, if you don't have any exercise experience, you just listen to the CrossFit coach and do it how we tell you to. You don't have bad habits. Yeah. Um, actually, that, I agree with that, man. Uh, when I was in the military, I'd never really shot a gun until I joined the Army, and I became a very good shot. But then there's other guys that are like, I've been hunting since I was seven, I got all these killers, and like, yeah. I'm going, oh, so I line the little circle up with the thing in the front, and I would shoot better than those guys, because there are, I have, those guys would be arguing with an infantryman with 15 years experience, oh no, my dad told me to do this, and I'm just sitting there going, why are you arguing with him, man, that dude is a shooting instructor for the US Army, I'm just going to listen to what he says, like, okay, <laughs> Roger, that sounds good, oh, I'm an idiot, unidiot me. And the people that get hurt the worst, uh, I've trained professional athletes, and I've trained people that quote unquote had the uh, powerlifting record and were starting whatever's on their high school teams. The guys, the high school football players and the high school athletes are probably some of the most injury prone because they'll they'll go, yeah, I used to squat 670 pounds and I had the state record. Uh, it's like every single person you meet in the military was a Navy SEAL. Every a lot of those folks I meet were you know state and world record holders and universe and like all time best you know squatting 16 million pounds at a 16 pound body weight. It's amazing. Uh, but then the, the professional athletes, like they are very honest about their numbers. And when I go, okay, there's one guy we train, he's six foot seven, he's over 300 pounds, has a size 17 shoe and power snatches over 285. And I'm like, hey, when you do that, what I want, and when I have to talk to the guy, I'm like looking up at him, like at a 45 degree angle and say, what you need to do next is make sure I want you to slow down off the floor increase the speed of your pull to the middle and then lock that bar out faster because your elbows are bent when you catch it. That would be a red light at a meet. And he goes, okay, Roger coach, this is a guy that makes 7 million a year or six, whatever more money than I make. But I think that's the difference. That guy is at that level because he was teachable and his, if he has bad habits, he fixes them. But the other folks, they go, I know how to do this. Then why are you coming to us for advice? You're going to argue with your doctor, your cardiothoracic surgeon, you know, actually a uh, doc, I wouldn't put the stent there put in my earlobe like a gauge yeah. get it so we're gonna do that doctor be like ah get this guy out of the operating room yeah we'll be back uh next week talking about tracking those macros All anything right. else this week no man guys get out there and be awesome and go get it making humans better